your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, March 31st, 2021, last day of the month, uh, flying into April. Then pretty soon we'll be talking about the first round of the NFL draft. Very excited about that. April 29th, live from Cleveland, Ohio. So that should be a lot of fun. Of course, there's going to be a lot of draft talk in between now and then coming up on the show. Uh, there's going to be a lot of draft talk just in general, just because, again, one of the biggest days, one of the biggest events that goes on as far as the NFL and the offseason. So uh, excited to be here on another day talking some Raiders football. Got a lot to get to on today's show. I had a very, very busy day on Tuesday. I did radio hits on ESPN Las Vegas with Cofield and company. Matter of fact, recorded that around, I don't know, 10.30, 10.45 in the morning, my time Tuesday morning. I think it aired around 2.15 um, on the West Coast Pacific Standard Time. Then I did my radio show from 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time and then hopped on Raider Nation Radio 920 with Vinny Bonsignor inside the huddle from 5 to 5.30. So very, very busy day as far as I was concerned on Tuesday and you know me that's just how I like it that's how I like to get down so got a lot to get to on today's show including that conversation that I had well about I don't know about 20 maybe 20 minutes of the conversation that I had with Vinny Bonsignor from inside the huddle again I was on about 30 minutes but I'm just going to bring you about 20 minutes the nuts and bolts of it all the Raider talk we talked a little Baylor basketball as well but just going to bring you the Raider talk that we had on a Vinny show so that's going to come up in segments number two and segment number three I only have a handful of calls, like three, a couple texts and a call. So I might be able to get that in on the back end of segment number three, the back end of my conversation with Vinny Bonsignor. I might be able to. So we're going to kind of see how that works out. I'm going to try to squeeze those in. I got a text from Drew G, uh, a quick call from uh, Quick from Iowa, a new booty. And then also I got a text message from uh, Rob from the 707. So I'm going to try to get those three in at the end of segment number three, but I'm not guaranteeing that. So that's kind of the idea. But uh, Vinny Bonsignor, my conversation is segment three and two for sure and then news and notes of the day as I always do here in segment number one so let's go ahead and hop right to it and uh, first off top the biggest news that came out about the Raiders the silver and black on uh, on Tuesday was the fact that left tackle Colton Miller agreed to a contract extension with the Raiders uh, the first report came out about left tackle Colton Miller gets a four-year 68 million dollar extension when you include his fifth year option comes out to about 18 million per year making him the fifth highest paid offensive tackle in the NFL he's the first player from the 2018 draft to sign an extension he's going to get 42 million guaranteed on that contract uh, and so that's really good. Colton Miller's been busting his tail since he came into the league in 2018. Just looking at some of his stats in 2018, he uh, he gave up 14 sacks tied with uh, Brandon Parker. And we all know Brandon Parker was a turnstile uh, or is a turnstile. You know, still, you kind of hold your breath when Brandon Parker gets in the game. 2018, he had 14 sacks that he allowed. 2019, he only allowed eight. 2020, only allowed two. So he's gotten a lot better each and every year. Uh, he was their 15th overall pick in 2018. Rough rookie season into a really good player, a really foundational player for that offensive line. And he's actually the first Raiders first-round pick to get a second contract from the team since 2008 first-rounder Darren McFadden. So what that tells you is that the Raiders missed a lot in their first-round picks between 2008 and 2018. 
And the other thing it says is that the Raiders realized that they whiffed on those picks and they decided not to go ahead and give them a contract extension anyway. So it's bad and sad that there was no first rounder in between 2008 and 2018 that got their uh, a second contract until Colton Miller. But then at the same time, it's smart that the Raiders didn't try to force it. I mean, because some teams could just be like, oh, that was a first round pick. Got to resign them. Well, the Raiders just kind of counted their losses and said, no, nope, didn't work out. It's go ahead and time to move on. So Colton Miller gets a contract extension. He's now signed through 2025. Also on Tuesday, the NFL owners confirmed what we kind of already knew, that in 2021, there'll be 17 games. It'll be a 17-game season. Moving forward, the owners voted on it, and it was not much of a vote when the owners, it was their idea to begin with. So there will be 17 games of the regular season for 2021, meaning the Raiders will get that matchup to end the season at home in Las Vegas versus Chicago Bears. So what we know as of right now, as far as the opponents that the Raiders will face in 2021, of course, we don't don't know the order we don't know the schedule that's for another day but we do know who the opponents are going to be so at home of course you have the usual suspects the broncos the chiefs the chargers they also at home have the ravens bears Bengals, dolphins eagles and the washington football team so pretty salty little schedule at home the ravens playoff team Bears, solid defense. Of course, that's going to be that last Week 17 game. We do know when that one's going to be. Bengals, well, they're an up-and-coming team or a young team with the up-and-coming quarterback. Uh, The team still has a long way to go. Dolphins, don't have to really talk about them. Know what kind of team they are from what you saw in 2020. The Eagles, there's a lot of question marks around them. And the Washington football team, well, you know that they have a really strong defense. On the road, they'll have the usual suspects, the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Chargers. They'll also have... The Cleveland Browns, similar to what they had in 2020. The Dallas Cowboys. I'm interested in that game in a major way, obviously being in Texas. I would love to see that game played on Thanksgiving. That would be awesome. I remember being at the uh, Cowboy Raider game the last time the Raiders played on Thanksgiving. That was a Raiders loss, but I would love for them to play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. But who knows when that game's actually going to be played, but it will be played in Dallas. They'll also take on the Colts, the Giants, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I saw a Trayvon Mullen tweet out that said the powers that be and the, the, the smart people, all the experts say that we have the eighth toughest schedule in the NFL in 2021. And that's how it is on paper right now. Who knows how these teams are actually going to play and perform? Who knows who's going to be really good and who knows who's going to be really bad? So it might not end up being the eighth toughest. It might end up being the second toughest for all we know right now. But those are the those are the opponents that the Raiders will be facing in 2021. Again, at home, of course, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, but the Ravens, Bears, Bengals, Dolphins, Eagles, and Washington football team away. You've got the Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, Browns, Cowboys, Colts, Giants, and Pittsburgh Steelers with that 17th game being that home game versus the Bears. Another little piece of news and note, former Raider Gabe Jackson, offensive lineman that got traded to the Seahawks for a fifth-round pick, he got a three-year contract extension from Seattle. Kind of ties in with the contract that he already had with the Raiders. He had a two years uh, left on his deal, so he ends up with a three-year deal. It's a $22.575 million extension, includes a $9 million signing bonus, so he gets a 7 0.75 million in additional guarantees. A nice little payday. A nice little hey, thank you for being here from uh, from the Seattle Seahawks. But nothing major. Uh, he even said that it was just kind of like a a small little extension that he received for a couple more years to help solidify that offensive line. 
And my final little nugget here for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day has to do about another offensive lineman who is not a member of the Silver and Black, but that's one Kyle Long who decided to go to Kansas City, visited with the Raiders first, and ended up a Kansas City Chief. And so he had his introductory press conference, and then he did a a radio hit on Sports Radio 610, which is the flagship station there in Kansas City uh, around the Chiefs. And uh, he was asked straight up about how difficult was it of a decision to pick the Chiefs over the Raiders, knowing that his dad is a Hall of fame Raider and you know how tough a decision was that very interesting answer from Kyle Long how hard of is it was it of a decision between you know Kansas City and the Raiders obviously we know that you visit them beforehand your dad played there you know what what are those conversations like or how hard of a decision was it between the two teams well I mean I obviously uh had some connections there with the silver and black um that go that predate me <laughs> And uh, that really didn't, it didn't play into it very much at all, really. It was all about the proper fit and where I felt comfortable and where I was wanted. And obviously it was made clear to me that they wanted to have me here and the feelings were mutual. And I said, let's get this thing done, man. So uh, I'm a Kansas City Chief now. So basically, the Raiders didn't offer him a contract. He said that the feeling was mutual when he got to Kansas City. So what that means is that the feeling was not mutual when he was a member of, or when he was there visiting with the Raiders. So, you know, I thought that that would have been a good signing, uh, bringing him in. He could play the guard position or the right tackle position. But clearly the Raiders saw something in their workout from him that they weren't really feeling or they didn't think that he was a good fit. So they decided to move on. And a lot of people said, oh, he's going to be a Raider because, you know, his dad and his dad's Howie Long. And John Gruden loves that kind of stuff. Well, you got to give Gruden a little bit of props. I know we we rip him sometimes, but you got to give him a lot of props from not just going out and signing a guy because of his name. He's signing guys because of their game, or at least he's feeling like he's signing them because of their game and not their name. So you got to give him credit for that. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear part one of my conversation with Vinny Bonsignor as we go inside the huddle talking about managing expectations, which was the podcast that I did on Tuesday. That was a great discussion that I had on Tuesday's show. He uh, he started off talking about that. So that'll be what you hear to begin segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar and, of course, the Built Bar March Madness Challenge. And apparently we're getting close to the end on this. And I'll tell you, man, a lot of bars have gone up toe-to-toe with each other to determine which one is going to be the best-tasting Built Bar out of all of them. There's a lot of really good flavors. They've rolled out some really good ones, some really good ones that haven't made it very far in the challenge. But here we are, another day, another Built Bar March Madness Challenge competition, Mint Brownie versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. Mint Brownie versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. So you make the call on that one, BuiltBar.com. You can get your vote on there or on Twitter, at Bar underscore Built. Either way you look at it, go ahead and get your vote on and go ahead and re-up. Go ahead and get you some more Built Bars. All you got to do is go to BuiltBar.com and uh, check out whatever flavors are your favorite. Doesn't matter which one it is. Get you another box. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order just like that. BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCK15 is going to get you 15% off your order just like that. From BuiltBar.com. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part one of my conversation I had on Tuesday with Vinny Bonsignor from Inside the Huddle on Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, he was talking about, we talked for about 30 minutes. We talked about a, a bunch of different things, including Baylor basketball, both men's and women's. But when we started talking about Raiders, he started talking about my podcast that I put out on Tuesday about managing expectations and realistic expectations for the Raiders and started kind of hitting me with just questions about like, hey, give me a summary of the the podcast and so I did and then he continued with that conversation and flipped it to managing expectations as far as Gus Bradley goes so here's part one of my conversation with Vinny Bonsignor from Tuesday Raider Nation Radio 920. We're talking uh, to Q Myers you can follow him at your boy Q254 Uh, he's the host of UNR 3 to 6 p.m. on Fox Sports Central Texas uh, all right, I'm going to flip it on you a little bit here, uh, Q. I uh, hope you're ready. Um, and, Always. And, and take it take it next level on the expectations. But forget about the players for a second. Uh, the Raiders made a major move defensively in their coaching staff, yeah. um, their leadership, uh, their assistant coaches uh, uh, on defense. If we're talking about expectations, obviously the players you know, go out there and execute, and, and they're the ones that we uh, focus on most. But what expectations should we have for what Gus Bradley and Ron Milas and Richard Smith and now you know Rod Marinelli working under that staff? Uh, is it fair to have some ex- expectations um, about that group changing things with this defense? Yeah, of course, because that's the reason why he was hired. He was hired to make moves. He was hired to fix the defense that clearly was broken. That was a terrible defense in 2020. I mean, it just was not good. And so, yeah, I mean, he's being brought in. And those names that you you mentioned, the other coaches, the DB coach, the linebacker coach, Rob Marinelli, of course, those guys are well-respected coaches. And so they th- those names carry some weight. So they've got a, a tall task in front of them. They've got to figure out how a Jonathan Abram fits into the program. they got to figure out the best way to use a Damon Arnett, uh, how to get the most out of Corey Littleton. I mean, they've got a lot of, of answers, questions that they have to answer and so yeah the expectations for me the expectations from uh, the fan base is to make sure that that defense is better and I don't think that you know saying oh they're going to be a top 10 defense I don't think that's realistic but just being better you know being better being able to create some turnovers being able to get off the field on third and long being able to you know to come up and wrap up and, and tackle you know not having all the missed tackles that they had there's a lot of things that were really just breakdowns and fundamentals in my opinion last season that that Gus Bradley himself can can fix just, I think, by kind of simplifying things. I hate to use that word because it makes it sound like, you know, these players don't know how to play the game. But I think that sometimes it can get a little too complex when they're really just doing something that should be simplistic. So, yeah, the expectations should be to be a much better defense. And the expectations for this team in general should be high. I, I don't Don't get me wrong. I think it should be high, but I just don't want everyone to get super fired up and super you know excited about every move that's being made right now wait till they get out of training camp and you see exactly what they're working with but yeah i mean gus bradley his biggest job is going to be turn that defense around no doubt about that all right i'm going to hit you with this okay um there's been we obviously the focus uh if you're uh, an action speaks louder than words kind of a guy like i am yeah and i know you are as well obviously they put you know uh, most of their attention and money onto that defensive line, right? Yep. Uh, this is what I'm going to hit you with. When, when, when that job became open, all right, I talked to uh, some of the candidates that were involved and people that were interested in the job. And one of the questions that I asked everyone that, that I talked to that had interest in that job was, well, why are you interested in it? And short of, 
um, you know, wanting to further their careers or whatever the case might be, even more prevalent than that was there's more talent there than you think. And so there was an excitement level about coming here to Las Vegas, the potential of, to work with the players that they had on hand. Uh, and as we look at the way this free agency period has played out, obviously they've put money toward that defensive line, but that's about it. Save for, you know, re-signing um, uh, the, the, the young linebacker, Nicholas Morrow. Right. Does that tell you, I mean, are, are, are you know, I know that they're going to do some things in the draft, but does that, is that kind of an indicator of maybe there is a little bit more talent here than, than people originally thought? And that, Gus Bradley now being in charge, and I'm sure scouring the film and watching the film and getting an understanding of these players, is like, hey, hold on. We, we don't need wholesale changes at cornerback and linebackers um, and, and even you know one of, that, one of the safety spots. Is, is that an indicator of maybe there is talent here that just hasn't been tapped into uh, as, as, it, as, it may have, as it should have been these last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a no doubt about it. No brainer. I think that the, the, there is definitely talent there. I think that, you know, Damon Arnett is a very talented young man. I think he has an opportunity to be a very good corner in the league. But I, I think and it kind of indicates by what the Raiders have done so far in free agency, their biggest issue is getting to the quarterback, creating a pass rush, and then everything behind them is that much better if they can do that. And I think we all realize that Gus Bradley's not a guy who's going to call the dogs in and, and, and try to blitz all the time. He's not. He's going to get home with the front four. He wants to get home. The expectations are to get home. So I feel like he's really built up a nice little room of rotational guys that can be in there and be fresh all the time and try to get that pressure on the quarterback. And then he'll look at a Trayvon Mullen and say, okay, this is how we're going to put you in position to make plays. Uh, Damon Arnett, this is how we're going to use you to the best of your ability. Oh, Jonathan Abram, this is how you're going to succeed. Uh, I think the biggest question for Raider Nation, I, I know one of the biggest questions I have is, who's going to be the safety next to Jonathan Abram? And, and they can go and do that. Like you said, they could address it in the, the draft. I would like to see them bring in a, a veteran, at least to compete in camp. And, you know, do they need another corner? Um, you know, depending on how the draft shakes out, maybe they get a corner in the first round that's like a big-time guy that you didn't think was going to be there at 17. You know, you never know. But uh, th there's there's a lot of talent. I believe the team has a lot of talent. I just don't think it's been tapped and used correctly. Uh, even going back to Corey Littleton, you know, from his time with the Rams, great guy, great player. You know, worked his way up from a special teams dude to a, a big-time free agent at the linebacker position. But at times last season, he looked lost because he was – he was thinking too much. Well, Gus Bradley probably said, hey, I can make that guy really good. Or maybe he could remind me of, you know, a Bobby Wagner type guy. Or maybe I could use this guy like, you know, someone that he's had before in the fold. And I do think something that's not been talked about enough, and I know it's probably been talked about. I know you brought it up before. I think Gus Bradley really knows how to get the most out of Unique Ngakwe, too. And, and I keep bringing him up because I'm excited about what he can possibly do and the fact that Bradley had him as a rookie and kind of knows him and knows exactly what, what to get out of that guy or how to get the most out of him. I think he's still young and hungry, so I think he's got a lot to prove as well. So uh, he's he, I think, will be a good fit. Obviously, he's not the best against the run, but that's where these other pieces that the Raiders have brought in can really help out in a major way. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so Pro Football Focus came out with uh, a two-round mock draft. Um, okay. And this one in particular caught my eye because uh, I think, you know, sometimes you look at some of the national mock drafts and you're like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. That's not a position that, you know, whatever. Right. So uh, that, that goes without saying. This particular draft, the Pro Football Focus draft, 
uh, was pretty much spot on on what the Raiders need right now. And it worked out with uh, Christian Darsa, the uh, left left tackle, right tackle, uh, he would be with the Raiders. Right, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech with that 17th pick. And Richie Grant, uh, the University of uh, Central Florida safety at pick number 48. First question, what do you think about, how happy would you be uh, if, if, the, if the draft played out that way uh, with those first two picks? And secondarily to that, are we sleeping on Javon Holland from Oregon, who I loved in 2019, but you know is persona non grata right now because he didn't play in 2020? Are we are we holding that against him when we're evaluating these set safeties? I think somebody's going to get a great football player in Javon Holland. And he's going to fall simply because he just didn't he didn't play last year. Right, and I think that that's going to be the big question around a lot of guys, you know, because they didn't have that that film on 2020. They just sat out, you know, because of COVID. They opted out. I, I, I feel like that does hurt a lot of players. I mean, it really does. And that's why I think that there's uh, a lot more teams willing to make trades, you know, and, and trade out of that position and even make moves to go up and get a certain guy in particular that they covet, even if that means giving up a couple of extra draft picks because they, uh, you know, they, they don't have film on as many different guys as they normally would and I think that Holland's a really really good safety think he could definitely play that position but I think you're going to have questions I mean there's no doubt in my mind you'll have some questions of how ready is he to step into a role after being out of season I mean look you got the same questions around Micah Parsons and I think we all realize he's the best linebacker in the in the in the draft but you know what about the year out? You know, what about some issues off the field? I mean, there's there's going to be questions, I think, around all these guys. But going back to your other question about uh, about Darisaw and Grant, I mean, that would be, I think, a, a home run for the Raiders if they were able to land those two guys. Um, you know, the, the draft is very deep at tackle position, so when I'm putting together my mock draft, I've been kind of contemplating it right now. We're going to do a mock draft on the Locked On Network. Um, I, I just I got a couple guys in mind for that number 17 pick. I also include in that and is trading back and picking up some other, you know, a couple other picks if, if someone's willing to do that with me. Um, Darisol is definitely one of the guys I'm considering, and it was funny. I, I was interested in what he said the other day after his pro day. He said that, He's talked to some teams about uh, playing the right tackle position for the next four or five years and then kicking over to the left tackle because right now they have a solidified left tackle for the next four or five years. And I thought, well, maybe that's not, you know, the Raiders because, well, Colton Miller, I mean, he's young, but he doesn't have a four or five year contract. And then he gets an extension today. So (laughs) just throwing that out there, (laughs) just throwing that out there is maybe a possibility. It kind of makes a lot of sense if the Raiders are a team that he was talking to. If you're if you're throwing that up against the wall, trust me, it just stuck like super glue to it. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that the Raiders have been talking to him along those uh, terms. I'm not guaranteeing that, right. but um, it makes way too much sense. Um, you know, that's that 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 would be fit exactly with what the Raiders uh, need right now and the chronicol- chronological order of things right now, especially with. Uh, Colton Miller uh, re-signing and, and being that left tackle for a while. And if you could get a left tackle in college that played it at a high level and go put him at right tackle for the next four or five years, along with Colton Miller, that just bookends and solidifies yeah. that offensive line for, for, for a while. So uh, It I makes too much sense. It just makes too much sense. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I know that there's other – I know Raider Nation um, really likes Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State, as do I. Uh, but if you were, if if it came down to those two players, my I would go with Christian. I just think that he fits that bill of everything that you're looking for from you know physically, uh, emotionally playing offensive line, talent wise footwork. Uh, I think he's got the necessary strength. So that would be the direction. But 
that I would go in, but who knows? But what, and then where, who's going to be there? On top of that, going back to Jenkins, and I know a lot of people hit me up about him. I've seen him because I cover the Big Twelve as well. He's from Oklahoma State. I just the only question I have on him: Who are the dogs at, that are that are you know getting after the pass rusher that he's had to slow down? The Big Twelve doesn't have a bunch of them. You know what I mean? Like he's not consistently yeah. going up against the elite pass rushers. That's my only question. That's why I would tip the cap and say, okay, let me roll with Darisaw over Jenkins. Yeah, it's and it's a consideration. When it, I mean, it, it literally comes down to those types of conversations in draft rooms uh, when you're watching the tape and those guys are seeing the same things that you're seeing. Who did he play? Who did he have to go head-to-head against that's a premier pass rusher in that league compared to um, a guy like Darshaw who has done it in the ACC yeah. uh, plenty of times. So um, we'll see where that goes. By the way, just so everyone knows, Javon Holland from uh, uh, from, from Oregon, yeah, he went to Bishop O'Dowd High School in Oakland. So if you're connecting some dots, nice. uh, that could be a possibility. So that was part one of my conversation right there with Vinny Bonsignor from Inside the Huddle talking all things Raiders on Raider Nation Radio 920. A uh, really fun conversation. I like getting on the show with Vinny. does a really good job. And, uh, man, we went 30 minutes long, 30 minutes strong. So what you'll hear in the next segment, part two of my conversation, we're going to continue talking a little NFL draft, and he's going to lead off with Andre Sisco, the safety from Syracuse. That's coming up in segment number three. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag for all your gambling needs. BetOnline.ag is the spot to go. They've got everything. I'm telling you, college basketball, of course, that's in Maine, the main attraction right now because of March Madness, but the NBA is in full effect. Hockey, baseball gets started this week, starts on Thursday. Very excited about that. UFC, every week, weekend, it feels like that they have another event. It doesn't matter what sporting event it is. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. If you open up a free account today, you can do that and use the promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So what that means, that means if you put $200 in, you're going to get $100 extra dollars on top of that to play with or you put four hundred dollars in you're going to get two hundred dollars on top of that to play with so no matter what you put in as long as you use the promo code locked on you're going to get a 50 percent welcome bonus so you have extra money to play with extra money to go ahead and win some more money on top of that so check them out on social media if you're there it's at betonline underscore ag take advantage of the best bonuses in the business again your online sportsbook experts are betonline.ag segment number three part two of my conversation with Vinny bonsignor it's coming up next your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into part two of my conversation I had on Tuesday with Vinny Bonsignor from Inside the Huddle on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're talking the NFL draft, and he's going to lead things off talking Andre Sisco, a guy that a lot of Raider Nation has hit up and said, hey, that could be a, a safety that, that the Raiders sign or, get, or go draft in, in the upcoming draft. He starts off talking Andre Sisco. Here's that conversation, part two of that conversation with Vinny Bonsignor. I want to ask you about one more free safety uh, uh, Q and 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 that's uh, Audrey Cisco from Syracuse. Uh, I, I watched the tape and there's a wow factor that is just undeniable. But then there's an also uh, uh, right. factor uh, watching him too. And and I, I, here's the thing: if if you can get him in the third round, I think that you know maybe double down at safety where you where you take somebody in the second and then again in the third if Cisco is, is still there just to double your bet and protect yourself a little bit. Uh, because this is the worry that I would have if I was the Raiders. Uh, well, I guess it's two, two different ways to look at it. A, if your coaches believe that they could coach that out of them, 
then he's got skills that are surpass every other safety in this draft period. Right. He just does too many, too many things well and the speed and everything else like that. The uh, ability to go get the ball and force turnovers, which the Raiders obviously need. Uh, but you, if you also feel like, hey, it's still going to be a little bit of a challenge to coach the, that out of him and there's no guarantee, my worry would be pairing him up with, uh, you know, Jonathan Abram, who has some of the similar sort of, yep. you know, uh, faults, right? Like yep. taking too many chances, taking poor angles on tackles. Uh, you know, where would you fall on, on, on something like that? And is he a player that, you would you would you would take a shot on in that second round. I, I wouldn't do it in the second round, especially coming off the injury as well. I would definitely wait on him. Uh, I'd make him a day three guy for me. Um, and I know he has he he could turn the ball over. You're right. He creates turnovers, and that's something that the Raiders need. I've been pounding the table for someone who can be a ball hawk at that back end. But man, it's going to be a love hate relationship with that guy, especially early on, because everything you said. He he takes some poor angles. He takes so many risks sometimes. Uh, you know, freelances at times, and, and you just can't do that, especially in the NFL. You may be able to get away with that at Syracuse. But you can't get away with that against Patrick Mahomes. You can't get away with that against um, uh, um, whoever the, I forget his name now. The the Broncos, not the Broncos, the Chargers uh, quarterback. Jeez, how did I forget his name? What's his name? Justin Herbert. Yes, yeah, he's really good. I think Raider, I think Raider friends would like to forget his yes, name. Yes, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> I put him out of my brain, but he's really stinking good. So I mean, you can't do that against NFL talent because they'll burn you every time and they'll pick up on your tendencies. And I think that that is what happens with uh, with Jonathan Abram right now. The teams know what he will trend to do. You know, he'll he'll start to be disciplined, and then when he has to think too much, then also he just kind of reverts back to who he is. And unfortunately, he gets burned by that because I think teams are setting him up for that. And so they've got to be able to coach that out of him. And he's still a young dude. He's only really got one year under his belt. So I know he's going to keep working and trying to continue to get better, but I think that's taking an awful big risk having two guys back there that can give up the big play at, at any any uh, any snap of the ball. And if you're and if you're thinking about guys who have successfully got it coached out of them a little bit, even though it kind of rears its ugly head every once in a while, uh, and I know it's a different position, but Marcus Peters was a lot like that yep. too. Yep. Um, you know, he just he 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 bites, um, you know, and he he watches too much, peeks too much. Uh, if you're asking him to play man on man. It's not going to work. He's more of a zone guy that keeps his eye on the quarterback. But in the right system, and and he's gotten to a point now where uh, he's really good when asked to do what he does right, and 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 the other part of it has been coached out of him to an extent. So there are a success. A guy like Andre Cisco with the right coaching and the right mentality from the from the player, right, uh, could overcome some of those some of those weaknesses and some of those tendencies to yeah. to try to do a little bit too much. All right, last question before we let you go. Thank you for staying a little bit of uh, overtime. Colton Miller uh, re-signing. It was pretty much inevitable. I think a lot of those moves that they made along the offensive line was a precursor to that. The Raiders understood that, hey, got to pay this guy big money. It costs a lot to keep a left tackle uh, around, and so they had to kind of smooth everything else out with Gabe and Trent Brown and, and Rodney Hudson in terms of what they were making to balance it out. Uh, but Colton Miller, definitely uh, a player that continues to get better, and they've locked up their left tackle. He's the first player, uh, first first round pick that they've locked up to a second contract since Darren McFadden. Uh, that's not a good thing. No, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, your thoughts just on on on, on locking down uh, Colton Miller and 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 what that means. And you know, congratulations to John Gruden. That was his first first round pick since coming back. Uh, you look at the numbers. 
there's 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 I think fewer fewer guys that get that second contract that some fans you know want to want to think about sometimes, but it is that is a reality. But hey, he hit a home run on his on his first pick. Uh, you could definitely say that. Yeah, no doubt. And Colton Miller is a guy that's worked really, really hard since he's been in the league. He's gotten better each and every year. Uh, he's just, you know, he's just worked on his craft. He's played through injury. I mean, he's done everything that they've asked him to do. Matter of fact, he kicked over from the right side to the left side coming out of college. So, I mean, he's yep. he's a guy that has done, like I said, anything that's been asked of him. Uh, didn't do re- very well as far as his rookie year. He gave up uh, about 14 sacks, which was tied with Brandon Parker. And then in 2020, he only gave up two sacks. So you can see the improvement. Uh, the, the contract was was well-deserved. I think that they hit him at a right time with it as well because, you know, these contracts, I think, next year are going to start to be really, really insane and, and start to go up as the salary cap goes up as well. So they got a good deal, gave him some good coin. He feels good about it, and now they have him locked up through 2025, and and now they can probably go out there and go get his book in, uh, his book in, like we mentioned earlier, uh, in, in the draft this year and have two young studs at those positions for uh, quite a while you know five six seven eight years who knows how long but they're they're going to be there long enough to you know protect their quarterback at all costs and obviously that's something that they need to do and uh, I think if it tells us anything is that the Raiders are are pretty good at drafting a you know offensive lineman in the first round so maybe they'll do another grab another one this year in the in the draft I like the way you're thinking uh uh really appreciate it Q uh as always all the insight um and uh all the all, all, all the information uh, you're welcome here anytime. You know that. And uh, don't be a stranger, and we won't be a stranger uh, as well. Uh, take care of yourself. Enjoy uh, what hopefully will be a regular you know, competitive basketball game when UCLA comes on a little bit later on. But uh, enjoy the rest of the night, and we will talk to you down the road. Absolutely. Appreciate you, brother. Have a great rest of the show. All right, man. Thank you very much. That was uh, your boy Q. Uh, you can follow him at your boy Q254. Uh, Q Myers, uh, obviously a great friend of the show, great friend of Raider Nation Raider. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. So there was the conversation right there with Vinny Bonsignor, at least 20 minutes of the conversation that I had with Vinny Bonsignor from Raider Nation Radio 920. It's always a pleasure to be on with him. It's always a pleasure to be on with Steve Cofield from Cofield & Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, you know me, I like to work. So anyone who wants to have me on their radio show, I'm down to hop on, especially when the 702 is calling. I'm definitely ready to jump on. That's, of course, Las Vegas, Sin City. Not mad at that at all. So a fun day for me on Tuesday. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Let's go ahead and I know I don't have too much time, but let's go ahead and try to knock out these couple text messages and one quick call uh, on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line before we wrap up today's show since that segment and that part of the conversation was a little shorter. Here's a text from Drew G. says, hey, man, check out UCS Richie Grant. In my opinion, he's the best free safety in the draft. You should also check out my boy Vok Lombardi's YouTube. Best draft analysis, and he's from Texas, too. Take care, and God bless. That's from Drew G. And, Drew, if you're listening, you probably heard in segment number two, myself and Vinny talking about Richie Grant and him saying that Pro Football Focus had a mock draft with uh, with uh, Christian Derisaw as their 17th overall pick for the Raiders, and then Richie Grant was their number 48 overall pick out of UCF, and so that was their uh, one and, and first round and second round selections, and I was all for it. So yeah, Richie Grant could play, definitely. I don't think he's a first round draft pick, but he definitely could play, and I would have no problem if the Raiders grabbed him in round two. Next up is a call. From Quick from Iowa. He's a new booty, but he really is, makes his way through the 559, man. He talks about a bunch of cities in the 559 that I recognize. He's calling to talk about expectations, and he talks about a guy or part of the team that he's questioning and has high expectations for. Here he is, Quick from Iowa. He's a new booty here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Hey, yo, Q. This is uh, Quick from Iowa. Um, Q. Um, from Fresno. 
more hampered by Sully, the whole bit, Larry, all that. So I just want to give some valley love. Um, I was listening to the manager expectations, and I'm a new one, by the way. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, I've been listening to this podcast for a while. Hey, what's up to all you Raiders out there, man? You know what's up. Um, but how you, how you mentioned Gruden in that fourth year, that's what I'm talking about. Gruden's the one I'm, the, I'm the one I'm more going like, what the heck's going on here? You know, you, you lose your anchor at center and you're four, you know, I mean, is this like, where's your urgency, you know, to get this going? You know, I just have a, have managing my expectations is he needs to manage his, um, and manage him better. And I hope he does because we put a lot of faith in him and a lot of false faith, really. I mean, you know, I, I've been a Raider since 74, man. So I've been through dark shells, all the goods, you know what I mean? Just, just to name them, you know, I'm just saying I'm old school Raider like that. Just all love Raider up. Peace. There he goes. That's my guy quick from Iowa. New booty here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And first of all, man, shout out to all the 559, those areas that you mentioned. My old school stomping grounds, Visalia. That's actually where the radio station Q97 was physically located at. Uh, we used to go out to the club in Hanford, the Bastille. How about Lemoore, the Palace in Lemoore? Used to go out there. Uh, I delivered FedEx into Larry. Man, I was all over the 559. All those cities you shouted out. So shout out to you, man. As far as Gruden focusing your expectations with him and going into his fourth year, yeah, that's huge. He has high expectations, as he should. His high expectations were there the day he signed the contract to return as the Raiders head coach because you knew what it was. Davis gave him a long-term deal, you know, a 10-year reported deal. And I don't know the I don't know the details of it. I don't know if there's an out in it after five, if there's an owner, you know, if he could pick up the team option. Or I don't know any of the ins and outs of the contract. Not going to say that, act like I do. I know there's some out there that pretend they know the ins and outs of it. I don't. Not even going to front. So who knows? But the minute he signed that deal for reportedly $100 million, that's when the expectations were like, hey, dude, you better win a Lombardi. You know, maybe even two <laughs> in that time period. Well, he's already headed into year four. So far, so far, I'll tell you, and I said it on a Tuesday show, this, uh, this second time around for John Gruden has been a failure so far because he hasn't even gotten to the playoffs and he's going into year four. So thank you so much for that. Totally understand those expectations. Uh, final text for the show comes from Rob from the 707. Hey, Q. This is Rob from the 707. Just wanted to chime in on managing your expectations. I've been watching the Raiders since I was a kid in 98, and I just got to say, if I manage my expectations, I don't think I could even watch anymore. Every season from drafting Jamarcus to now, I have convinced myself time and time again that this year is the year we turn it around. Because, well, if I didn't, I wouldn't even know what the point of watching would be. I'm not a sports analyst. I'm a fan. As a fan, I believe the best way to enjoy the season is to try and be positive and root for the team. I could be level-headed and manage my expectations, but then I wouldn't even know where my joy would come from. Anyway, that's my take, Q. Thanks for everything you do. Keep it up, my man. That's from Rob from the 707. And, Rob, I totally understand, and I get it. And I've been there, done that. You know, I've, my expectations have been sky high. Again, my expectations going into 2020 was the playoffs. My expectations going into 2021 is the playoffs. But it didn't happen in 2020, and there should be no excuse why it didn't happen. You can't use COVID. You can't use injuries because every team dealt with COVID. Every team dealt with injuries. You can't use that. You know, you can't say, oh, the team is young because a lot of teams have young players. I mean, there's all these excuses that are built in you, you shouldn't have. And you can't say this year, oh, well, you know, the team had to rebuild the offensive line. That, that's just an excuse, man. And we know what they say about excuses, right? They're just something everybody has along with something else. And that's not okay. So, yeah, I get it. You know, 
of course, you want to be high on everything. I'm just saying as far as expectations, don't get so fired up about free agency in the draft. Kind of wait to see exactly how everything shakes out as far as the team. You know, because every player is not going to be that Hall of Fame player that everyone thinks they are when, they, when they're drafted in the first round. I admit, I got way too high and my expectations were way too high on Henry Ruggs and they didn't pan out. Uh, Damon Arnett, same thing. Just didn't didn't matter. Didn't pan out. So that's really what my point is. But your text is spot on. I, I totally get it. So uh, thank you for that. I appreciate you. So that's all I got for today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, I got the media sound bites and the media session from Notre Dame's uh, their their uh, pro day. Uh, Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, Liam Eichenberg, uh, those guys, and some more. So I'll bring that to the show. I'll have more news and notes of the day, and of course, calls, text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. So till then, Raider Nation, stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Social distance. Do what you got to do. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.